And hello and welcome everyone to the Comic Multiverse, where the worlds of nerd meet, episode 102, Matt, and oh boy, do we have a special show planned this week, and by special I mean business as usual. Is it 102 or is it 101? Oh shit, it is 101. See, I'm already thinking yeah. next week because I gotta travel, so I'm already thinking like two <laughs> shows ahead. Yeah, I'd be worried there because I'd created all the graphics and everything and I put it at 101. I'm like, oh, fuck, did I miss something? We jumped, we jumped through a time paradox and we jumped a whole week into the future. <laughs> the most, you know, non-impactful time travel story of all time. We traveled to the future, but only by a week. Yeah, it doesn't really do much for us. No, in fact, by traveling to the future, all your bills are due and you haven't paid them yet. <laughs> <laughs> Just the shittiest time travel ever. But yes, thank you everyone for joining us on this decidedly non-live show. We appreciate everyone who came out to the live episode 100. And the general consensus is, Matt, yes, do more live shows. Yeah, people really liked it. And yeah, I'd love to do more live stuff. It, uh, it probably won't be too hard. It might be hard in the next month because, like I said, I'm traveling. I'm going out to BC, so we will even further yeah. be on different time zones. But maybe when I get back, we can uh, look into uh, quite possibly uh, doing more live shows. Yeah, definitely. Also, for those who hear that loud droning over there, I swear I'm not being really boring. It's the air conditioner. It's really fucking hot, even in Canada right now. We're in the middle of a heat wave, so it was either this or <laughs> die in the room that I normally film in. It's it's really funny as well because like at the moment it's winter here so it's really cold. Lucky chilly bastard. <laughs> what I wouldn't give for that. Now here's the funny thing again I'm going out to BC which is on the ocean in Canada so it's like 15 all the time so like all the yeah. new summer clothes I got uh I don't know what I'm going to wear when I go out there. <laughs> You'll be like in in the blizzard in your like thongs and shorts and yep. and singlets and <laughs> yeah, gonna have to figure that out. That's gonna be a whole goddamn thing. Also, I'm like, oh, cool water, I can swim. Oh, but it's the ocean though. Salt water stings my eyes. I don't do well in salt water. Oh, you big pussy. I know. To which everyone's <laughs> like, close your eyes. I can't. I can't <laughs> swim with my eyes closed. <laughs> Get goggles. It's a thing. I guess they need to be really good. I have a giant freak head too. That's the problem for my giant freak head. I can't wear regular <laughs> goggles. I would need to go to a special goggle maker. You need prescription goggles. <laughs> They're my prescription goggles. Give them back. <laughs> All you Western beach bullies. So uh, how how was your week, Matt? Pretty chill. Pretty chill. Uh, uh, obviously, when I saw Solo, which we're going to talk about at the end of the show. We are. Um, but. But other than that, it's been it's been pretty chill, both in terms of like not much happening and the weather. <laughs> yeah, we uh, we hope it'll be a regular length episode, everybody, but we can't promise anything. Like we said, the main event is solo, uh, which uh, I, I think the reason we've been spoiled the last couple weeks for content because it's been like big movie release, tons of news, tons of new solicitations, tons of everything. It really slowed down this week. It did. There's like literally nothing, and it's like the the end week of a month and there's usually not really much that happens in that time so so very true but we do have a couple topics <laughs> i think we can cover and i guess the first one we'll talk about here is one i know you felt very strongly about matt i saw you tweeting about this <clears throat> and everything uh the hbo watchman show that is coming uh apparently it's not going to take place in the 80s it's going to take place in modern day yeah which 
no, don't do that for Watchmen. Watchmen is is set in the eddies. That's like the whole reason. That, that's the basis of its story. That Cold War, yes, sort is, of setting and everything. The Red Scare setting. It is intrinsically tied to the eighties time period. I could not imagine moving it to modern time. And again, I know what they were probably thinking, and that was, oh, there's so many parallels we can draw. You know, Russia was acting a fool back then. Russia is acting a fool now. We'll just put Putin in there. Ah, oh, you know, Nixon was an asshole, but Trump's a bigger asshole. He'll be new Nixon. I, I think that is ex- like, that's exactly what the writer said. Like, because he put, like, um, who is it? Damon Lindelof put, like, yeah. this huge letter on facebook or instagram or something and i think it said literally that we moved it into the modern setting because we have analogs like trump and putin and all that sort of stuff who uh who's like, a, no, no. Who, who's adrian veidt gonna be is he gonna be zuckerberg is he gonna be elon musk <clears throat> he, which weirdo he, billionaire he, tech guy is he gonna be he's gonna be one of those guys but he's gonna be revealed to be like a russian bot mm. <laughs> Oh, I know, right? That that's a fucking twist, Matt. He was actually secretly a Russian Bill. No, the, the the alien, the alien they release is oh. an it's like an analog for like Russian bots. I'm 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 weirdly okay with that. But at that point, if you're doing that level of changing, then don't even call it Watchmen anymore. Call it something yeah. new at that point. Which it's funny. It's basically fucking what Doomsday Clock is doing right now. Being let's be a modern day sequel to Watchmen. Should have just called it like Pax Americana or something. That would have been great too. I loved Pax Americana. That one was awesome. Yeah. But that one's so inside baseball though. It's like, well, you see, you had the Watchmen characters and they were originally these other Charleston characters and everything. <laughs> but, you know, they wouldn't give Alan Moore the right to work with them, so we had to create his own characters who were like them. But what if we doubled back and did it? <laughs> And again, you know, I, I wonder what we'll see first, this HBO Watchmen show or the next issue of Doomsday Clock? <laughs> well, next issue of Doomsday Clock comes out this week, so... Does it? Right, because they solicited yeah. it and then re-solicited it. They, it. It's not this issue, the next issue was meant to come out, like, in August, and then it moved up to June, and then, or Ju- June or July, and then moved back to August. Which like, wor- what the fuck are you doing? Which worries the shit out of me about that series. Because, like, the last issue we had, issue three was the last issue, right? I think so, yeah. And it was a fun little origin story for this new Rorschach, but at the same time, all I could think is, like, oh, oh, it feels like you're pivoting here, guys. It feels like whatever this story mm. was supposed to be about, you just changed it. Well, I know, like, people, and even, like, Jeff Johns has said, like, oh, it's meant to be all about Superman. It's like, we've only seen him once. And I think in this new in this new issue, we do see a little bit more of him. But, like, if you're going to say that, you got to at least give us something about that and not yeah. just about all these characters that people are going to get angry about. Because mm-hmm. the thing about Doomsday Clock is it's been promised, even if they haven't mm. come out and said it, it's been promised to us, the fans and the readers, this will answer the story of, you know, Dr. Manhattan and his monkeying around with the DC universe. This will be the big capstone to two years of DC Rebirth. This is what yeah. everything has been building up to. And it kind of feels like Jeff Johns is like, I could answer that question, or I could write my Watchmen fan fiction story I've wanted to forever, and I can explain Dr. Manhattan and all that shit later. That's kind of what it feels like, kind of kind of what it's starting to feel like. 
And I imagine he's probably getting a lot of pushback, but I don't know how much pushback he can get. He's the fucking boss, so I'm sure he's not getting any pushback. Yeah. I'm sure, I'm sure some people are like, but really, though? But I'll have to go back and redraw all of this, and we'll have to re-solicit. <laughs> I, I'm making fucking magic over here. Yeah, I, I don't know why it's taking so long, and especially after, like, he said, like, it's guaranteed to be, what, bi-monthly or something? Yeah. Especially for DC Rebirth, too. It's like, you guys haven't really been fucking up with making us wait for a long time for stuff yeah. to finish and resolicitation. You're kind of kind of only fucking up in the last couple months you're having mistakes here and having problems that you don't As have. As we've been saying on the show, that the pendulum is swinging. It's swinging away from Marvel. Uh, swinging away from DC to Marvel. It's swinging back now. You're starting to make mistakes that you weren't making before. Don't <laughs> Please don't tell me you got complacent. Please don't tell me you got comfortable. <laughs> but hey, I wonder if like the delays are something like to do with like because of those rumors that, that like Bendis got paid like an ungod- ungodly <laughs> amount of money and it's like just <laughs> fucked everything up. Like they don't have enough mu- resources or money to do other stuff. <laughs> That's the rumor. And the more I hear about it, the more I believe it. Where it's like, yeah, I could see DC being like, man, we did DC Rebirth, man. We did like four years of work and half of that. We're riding high. We're kicking ass. Our, our opponent keeps tripping over themselves. They keep trying to do stuff, but they can't get out of the finish line most most of the time let's let's steal one of their biggest guys brian michael bendis let's pay him an ungodly amount of money more than anyone in the industry is getting paid for a single issue yeah but won't this have ripple effects ah cancel young animal gerard way doesn't give a fuck just cancel it yeah cancel that cancel that give him all his own stuff do all this still stuff yeah. yeah it kind of feels like that it kind of does and then it's like you know oh you guys put a lot of time money and resources into new age of heroes didn't you yep we sure did artist driven uh well i'm looking here at the numbers and apparently damage loses a thousand readers per issue and it's having a new issue and an annual come out back to back oh god (laughs) yeah i know right and apparently there's still more books coming from that line that aren't out yet yeah i think there's like two more yeah that are coming so that shit's not even done yet and the shine's already coming off the first batch of books they have. Yeah. I, uh, I yeah. actually got a funny comment on one of our old videos talking about the New Age of Heroes. And he says, you know, it really wasn't uh, fun to hear you guys constantly compare the New Age of Heroes to Marvel. You really didn't do a good job highlighting these new characters. And I'm like, that's the problem, though. They're new <laughs> characters, but there's nothing new about they're, them. They're, they're goddamn Marvel ripoffs. They got the Fantastic Four, a fucking Punisher ripoff, a Hulk ripoff. An X-Men stand-in. And, like, here's yeah. the thing. When we say ripoff, we don't mean that insultingly. It's literally what they are. They were designed yeah. from the ground up to be Marvel facsimiles, to remind you, hey, that's kind of like the Marvel thing I liked. And that was and- all, yeah. And it was done in, in in a time when those specific characters weren't in Marvel at the time. The Fantastic Four, yep. Bruce Banner's Hulk wasn't. Yep. Um, the X-Men weren't really a thing. Yep. It, uh, it sh- I'm sure it seemed like a great idea before Marvel started putting their shit back together. Mm. I'm sure it mm. really did. And hey, uh, speaking of Marvel putting their shit back together, uh, you and I, we've been reading those Hunt for Wolverine tie-ins. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they've mostly been pretty good, but of course it begged the question, well, where is all of this going? We've had at least one issue of all of these new series yet, and no one seems very close to finding Wolverine wherever he might be. Where where are they going to tie up all these stories? Well, apparently there's no mega issue. They're just not calling it an Omega issue, but it's Hunt for Wolverine Dead Ends, number one, and this is where all... 
four of these crossover series converge and we finally get our answers. Cool. So what you're saying is these tie-ins are useless until that. (laughs) (laughs) In a way, and again, I'm like, well, surely not all of these stories can be important. Then, like, I bet you what's going on in Claws of a Killer is not important. Yeah, or Adamantium Agenda. The only one that I could see, like, having some connection is the the Mystery of Madripoor one, because that one actually has has some concrete connection to Wolverine, whereas all the other ones are kind of like, eh, Wolverine was on this Avengers team I was on at one point. At one time. That's about it. Hey, you know, Wolverine passed me on the subway one time. Do I get a (laughs) tie-in? Yes. Yes, you do. We really need to know how you feel about it. (laughs) Man, uh, here's my thing I love, and I talked about this in my Mystery and Madge Rapport review. Why didn't X-23 get a tie-in to any of these events? Yeah, like, why Why isn't she involved in one of the tie-ins? Or something? Especially, like, the Tom, Tom Taylor's writing an adamantium agenda. Why isn't, like, she on there? Oh, that, that's saying that, like, she could appear in it. Right, because it's but, um, one issue. But, too. like, yeah, why isn't she, like, one of the groups searching for him? It's so funny because, like, in the Madripoor mystery one where it's, like, all the important women in Wolverine's lives, you know, the young girls he's mentored, the women he's loved, you know, his team members and everything, Domino is just driving them around, and Domino's like, eh, I didn't fucking know Wolverine that much. I mean, I was on a couple teams with him. I know old man Logan better because he's on my team right now, but I guess I get to tag along for this adventure. (laughs) Yeah, they should have just replaced her with Laura. Though, in saying that, Matt, I wonder if that maybe, like, like goes against what's happening in that X-23 book. It might, and also, hey, why does Domino get to show up here? Because Domino's in a movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's why Domino gets to show up and why she'll show <laughs> up everywhere. Oh, uh, that Gail <laughs> Simone book is pretty good. I didn't read issue two. Did you know it actually placed, like, number eight in overall sales for the month? I know it did really well, yeah. I, did, I think just the combination of people were excited about Domino, they were excited about Gail Simone writing uh, for Marvel again, so you just put that together and the book did surprisingly well. I'm happy when books do yeah. well. Yeah, yeah. Most definitely. Now, the other thing about this uh, Dead Ends number one here is that it would seem to make reference to a, <clears throat> you guessed it, brand new Wolverine solo series coming sometime in uh, September. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, I mean, if, did anyone doubt this? They're like, yeah, we're going to bring the original Wolverine back from the dead, and we're not going to give him a book. Yeah, yeah, I, I imagine he's going to be getting his own solo series, probably written by Charles Soule. Mm, which I'm cool with. Yeah, he's going to be a busy guy. He's writing a new Daredevil series as well. He is. Well, he's been writing it the whole time. Oh, I mean, uh, Phil Noto's joining him on the... Yes, that's right. That's going to be interesting. They had a whole, uh, a whole like, little Twitter announcement for that. You know, Phil Noto, uh, Charles Soule, Daredevil. Maybe people besides Joel will read it this time. <laughs> I will. I'm definitely interested if Phil Noto's drawing it. Good, then it's they're halfway there. Because that's the thing about <laughs> the Daredevil book. The Daredevil book is really good, but it's had really cons- inconsistent art. Yeah, well, the, now it's going to be good. It's going to be written good and it's going to be drawn good there you go i hope it gets more eyes on it because here's the thing there was a new daredevil issue that came out this week didn't read it yet kept pushing it down and down to the bottom of the pile i love it but it never gets the views that it deserves it really really doesn't here again like you said matt if you're interested in it i hope more like fair weather daredevil fans are interested now and maybe they'll start reading it yeah, but it's kind of strange, especially because of, like, his popularity with, like, oh, yeah. the Netflix and everything. 
not only just popularity from Netflix, I'll go out on a limb, I've said it once, I'll say it again, Daredevil is one of the most consistently well-written uh, comics at Marvel, and it has one of the best successions of writers of any character maybe in all of comics like yeah there's the Andy Diggle years that aren't great but they're still much better than so many other writers out there yeah yeah it's it's so weird that like Daredevil is so niche in a weird way people are like but he's not Spider-Man though yeah but he's not Batman either so (laughs) what is he (laughs) he he exists between those two characters in quite a way he's a little when you have the Venn diagram he's that like bit in the middle that like where they overlap (laughs) oh man that is man we gotta make a superhero Venn diagram that's some shit you got Batman (laughs) here you got Spider-Man here daredevil's in the middle where's moon knight moon knight is kind of between batman and what uh, and daredevil and daredevil and like maybe maybe like punisher or something yeah because he kills and he's crazy yeah he gets like three venn diagrams to one yeah (laughs) i like that i like that a lot actually (laughs) i'm uh, i'm excited because i'm actually going to be reading that max bemis uh moon knight arc there the first one crazy runs in the family that's going to be my uh my plane reading when i have to travel Cool. I I love that's my thing now for comics. Oh, I kept putting this off, but now I have a long trip, and now I get to read this. <laughs> I'm so happy. <laughs> uh, but yeah, from there to some other news that came out of the solicitations this uh, this week. Uh, Supergirl getting a brand new series from Mark Andreco and a brand new costume to boot. What's well, funny? It, they say it's a new series, but it's a continuation of. The original book, which for me, I was told issue 20 was the last one, and that's how I worded my review, as it's yeah. the last one. And then this this came as, ah, it's issue 21, but it's a new series. So are they doing like a Marvel where it's legacy numbering, but it's a new number one? You know what? Here's the thing. I think the exact same thing happened to Super Sons as well, because literally Super yeah. Sons ends with, hey, can you tell us the story about the adventures of the Super Sons? I sure can, but it won't be in issue 17, though. It'll be issue number one of a new 12 maxi series. I'm like, motherfucker, this was just what you were going to write anyway. It sure is. Yeah, they, they, they were probably told to do this, I reckon. It's like, no, no it's like whatever you were writing, it's not going to make sense anymore in the modern continuity because Bendis is breaking up everything in Superman. Yep, yep. Look, look, Peter Tomasi, we know you and Patrick Gleason have been consummate workhorses here at DC Comics, and you've been writing some, you know, fan-beloved and critic-beloved works here, (laughs) but you're not Brian Michael Bendis, so screw whatever you were working on. Yeah, yeah, but but this Supergirl series seems kind of interesting, mainly because it seems to be where all of the character development for Rogel Zar will be. (laughs) Yeah, it's a big, big departure, isn't it? Because, you know, we see... Supergirl, she's got a brand new costume. Don't don't even think about that CW stuff anymore. That stuff's done with. <laughs> she's going out into space to track down the legacy of Rogel Czar and whatever the fuck his deal is. And she's got, like, his big crazy axe weapon we saw him swinging around. Yeah, so, like, my guess is, like, this is probably going to be a bit more interesting than what's going on in Bendis' book. Mainly because it's written by another artist uh, and writer. Yeah, yeah. So they can, um, I guess do their own thing maybe yeah and draco's work has always been a little hit or miss for me 
as a as a personality, I've always thought he was, you know, very funny, and I always enjoyed watching him on stuff, even though it always seemed like whenever he got invited onto a show, it was always <laughs> like, we need, we, we need a guy who will talk shit about the Marvel Cinematic Universe and say they're all bad and DC stuff is good. Oh, get Mark Andreco. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't really like his views about that, but he, he wrote that really good, um, did he write that Deathstroke story in Superman? Uh, he might have... I, he wrote I know some, he did write. He wrote like something in the new Superman run. Yeah, he's the writer creator of Manhunter. He did some Batwoman near the end. I want to say when it got all magical there. Yep. He's also one of the few very like outspoken LGBT voices in uh, comics because he he is a gay man. He's not a stereotypical gay man, but he is. Mm-hmm. So there's one for you. That'll be that'll be interesting. Uh, I hope they put Steve Orlando on something interesting. I've always liked Steve Orlando. I was always a big booster of him since his, like, Midnighter run and since, you know, like, uh, his work on other stuff. But it just it just seems like the projects they put him on just kind of fizzle out. They fizzle out as well as, as that I think he he's, he get like, like with JLA, like, the start of it, it was always heavily implied it's going to be tied in with DC Rebirth yeah. and what's going on. And then it's sort of just like, when, uh, crazy magical fairy tale gods and yeah. really random shit. And like, kind of felt like he didn't know where to go with that book. So he just like, I'm going to put all these characters no one gives a fuck about mm. into this book. Like Neon and... Yeah. Um, and Aztec. Oh, yeah, Aztec and all these characters no one cares about. <laughs> it, it again, it felt like a pivot where it's like, okay, if you read JLA, it's Batman's super secret awesome backup Justice League, and they're going to tell you all about his secret goal. It's like, oh, it's Dr. Manhattan, isn't it? It's Dr. Manhattan? No. Oh, well, it's, 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 it's the metal, right? It's, you know, it's, it's the metal from Dark Knight's Metal. That's the secret team they've been put together for to fight. Nope, don't even get a tie-in. Those characters don't show up. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, that's the thing. It was always implied that these this book was going to be about that, but then it ended up being about oh, they got to save the god of superheroes. Yeah, you you heroes have been united to serve a higher purpose, which is eh. Yeah, yeah eh, eh. We forgot. <laughs> <laughs> but but you're getting a second series now, Justice League Foundation. What will that be about? All sorts of stuff. We don't really know yet. Yeah, things we we set up a Star Labs. But in Rhode Island. <laughs> yeah. Also, also, they're doing way less to push Justice League Foundation as they are the much shorter Justice League Odyssey and Justice League Dark. Yeah, yeah. It makes me think that they don't have any idea of what to do with it. Like, they, they created the idea and then they're like, but we've got Star Labs. As, and, they're like, and they're like, oh, fuck. As, as ridiculous as it is where it's like, look, you have all the TV-adjacent characters on it anyway – like Vixen and like, you know, uh, what is it, The Ray and all of these other people. Just just get fucking Mark Guggenheim to write it and just make it the goddamn, like, Legends of Tomorrow, but in continuity. Just just do that. That's why, I did, that's what I was, I was kind of hoping it was going to do. It's like, oh, this book's going to become like a Legends of Tomorrow book and they're going to call it Legends or something. Yeah, because it seemed like that's direction it's going, but they also seem to be fighting that at the same time. Do it. Yeah. Ma make it a farce, just like season three of Legends, which was the good season. Just, just make it all a goddamn joke. Make mm -hmm. it a farce. Have the characters be meta and be like, man, we used to be a Justice League. Man, they don't take our calls anymore. <laughs> why? Why isn't Green Arrow our Batman? Oh yeah, because he got called up to the main Justice League. Yeah, but he's not on <laughs> the team or anything. Yeah, but he saved Earth from Waller. <laughs> 
Yeah, but he's on call. He's on retainer. He's on retainer. <laughs> Look, he's on Superman speed dial. He's got it there, you know. Oh, queen. He can hit that and call him up. He house sits whenever they go on space adventures. <laughs> oh, I, I like that a lot, actually. Hey, Green Arrow, we're going out of town. Can you watch the place and feed the fish? Yeah. I don't. That's basically what he is. <laughs> it really is. It's like, hey, I hope you don't have to fight the Clock King or Count Vertigo. Those guys are very dangerous, Superman. <laughs> yeah, fuck that they are. Bye. <laughs> God, the dickish Superman that only I, Oliver Queen, know, but no one will believe me. Uh, but yeah, so that's the Supergirl news, everyone. Could be interesting. I'll give it a look. Again, you know, they're really, they're really pushing this Rogel Czar guy, so I guess I could stand to learn more about him. Yeah, they 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 they're pushing him, but they're pushing him in a weird way that we haven't seen him yet. Like I like I would have liked if they like all up until this they like teased him like yeah. like um like with Mister like Ross. how they did Doomsday back in the day, how he just get like a page and yeah. you got that like Doomsday is coming thing. You get like Rogelzar is coming. Yeah, which as we've already said before, the name Rogelzar is silly <laughs> even by it's comic so book standards. It sounds like you know like he had some bad tacos for lunch and he was just like Rogelzar. <laughs> I, hey, I like that. <laughs> Sounds like someone punched him in the solar plex. <laughs> Rogel's arm. <laughs> like what? A, like like Czar? I get that's a good like villainous alien name, but Rogel? What the hell? Yeah, I don't get it. That's that's not even anything. I'm reminded of you know like when writing fantasy and writing science fiction. Just just call a chair a chair. <laughs> Yeah, so, so anyway, that, that Supergirl book would probably be interesting. At least we know we wouldn't get Bender's speak in it. No, no, we, we would get Andrako speak in it, but yeah, we'll have to check that <laughs> one out. Actually, hey, it's funny, I just remembered too, Steve Orlando was a gay man too, so that's two gay men in a row that have written Supergirl now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when, do, when does that ever happen? Mm. Uh, moving on from there, we have ooh, some interesting uh, Spider-Man news. Uh, the sequel to Homecoming may very well have found its villain. It's going to be Mysterio. And it's gonna be Jake Gyllenhaal by the sound of it. Was it the week before, or, the, or a couple of weeks before, we were actually talking about like Mysterio as a we villain were. or something? We were. We're yeah. just like, man, how cool! They listen to us. Be? Clearly, someone out there is listening to us, <laughs> Matt. Because we're like, how cool would it be to have Mysterio as a villain? Because you know, you could have a mess with his mind and illusions, and you've never really <clears> seen that before in a superhero movie. And it would be good for spider-man to fight someone like that who you know is like still reasonably powered yeah and they got jake gyllenhaal to do it. that's pretty surprising who is an actor who i've always said forever why why is he not in superhero movies why have they not you know tied him down for one of these projects yeah well he was very almost batman he was but... almost batman he's like no 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 no, no. Yeah. i will i will go where the other batman michael keaton went and i will go be a spider-man yeah. villain and please. There, there there were rumors of him replacing uh what's his name affleck as well yes, there were so they but um, maybe that probably won't happen now so yeah, he's he's taken meetings jake gyllenhaal that's for sure yeah, but that's really interesting. I'm intrigued to see how mm-hmm. he's going to play the character, whether he's going to play him like he did in, like, like Nightcrawler, like that like oh, kind yeah. of creepy sort of, like, uh, Mysterio or, like, something like his character in, like, Prisoners or, oh, yeah. or something like that. That's yeah. a g- good frame of reference, <laughs> Matt, for Jake Gyllenhaal movies. Those are two amazing performances that A, show he can yeah. act, B, shows that he has a harder edge, and C, that he can be creepy as fuck, like in Nightcrawler. 
Yeah, I'd like I'd like a Nightcrawler Mysterio. That'd be really creepy. It would be. It's funny because it's like he's such a pretty boy, and like I always discounted him as an actor forever as just like eh, he's just another you know pretty face guy. He's got no chops to him. But yeah, those are two excellent movies that show. Oh no, wait, he actually can act. Yeah. And they're more modern movies as well. He's only just really started to sort of like mm-hmm. branch out into those type of roles. I uh, I really have to wonder too for Quentin Beck. What uh, what angle are they going to take on him? Because with the Vulture, they ended up kind of <clears throat> rewriting everything about him. He went from just being, you know, like an old man scientist to being like this pissed off union leader who was like, oh, they, they took our gerbs and everything. I wonder where they're going to go. Are they going to go shamed uh, like special effects artists? Are they going to like maybe do a thing where it's like, oh, he was a special effects artist. Oh, but he got too handsy with the women like uh, Mary Jane. And now yeah. he's <laughs> super villain Harvey Weinstein. <laughs> I, I could see them going that route. I I I'd, I'd li- like to keep the um the special effects uh wizard disgrace special effects wizard guy part about him. That'd be really cool. Are are are, are all the Spider-Man villains gonna be? They took our gerbs because I could imagine Jake Gyllenhaal being like, man, I used to do all the great practical effects, blood packs, matte paintings, all that shit, but then computers <laughs> came. <laughs> <laughs> the goddamn computers. And now I just can't get a job anymore. But I actually hear all your super advanced, uh, what is it, holograms and illusions and everything. That's super advanced technology. Don't judge me, Spider-Man. <laughs> you dick. Um, yeah, it, it's kind of cool as well to think as well. Like, we're, we're only coming up to, like, the second Spider-Man film. And we've already got quite a, like, like a lot of his, like, rogues gallery. We've got... Uh, vulture we got uh tinkerer yes a version uh, of scorpion. shock sh- yeah a version of scorpion uh shocker yeah or well, one died so yeah, true well, one left uh uh we got uh what's his name uh who donald glover played uh oh, prowler uh, yeah prowler and uh, we've got like all these characters and it's only been one film it's true which again it's like oh please please let the third one be spider-man and the sinister six please let that be a thing I, like, that act- seems to be like what they're building to especially in that after credit scene yeah it's basically like a mini avengers movie only for villains in spider-man and then hey if people really like the sinister six then for like i don't know like avengers five have the avengers versus the sinister six <laughs> wouldn't that be some shit That'd be pretty cool. All the other Avengers being like, you fight these guys all the time? Yes. Yes, I do. <laughs> Come on, Craven for the third one. Come on, Craven. <laughs> you did You did Birdman. You did Illusion Man. Do Crazy Russian Big Game Hunter Man for the third one. Yes. Yes. That's what I want. Timothy Oliphant is Craven the Hunter. <laughs> hey i could see it <laughs> i could see it too because again he's like one of those actors where it's like man you're really good someone should really tag you for a superhero project thomas jane is craven the hunter because <laughs> that's kind of what they're doing with it too where it's like hey michael keaton you were batman and you were up for a bunch of other superhero roles that didn't happen hey gyllenhaal you were also almost batman hey you know uh timothy oliphant same deal and say hey, thomas jane you were a punisher and that didn't work out now be craven <laughs> I mean, hell, he basically was Craven when he was a vegan cop. That's basically the look they should go for. Just put, like, a leopard print vest on him, and there you go. <laughs> I can see it. You can see it. We can all see it. Now, uh, I guess with that, that's, we're only half an hour in there, and we're basically done all the news for this week. Did anything else of note come out that you want to talk about? Did I just, you know, completely miss um, anything? 
Do we want to talk about the next Star Wars film that's coming out? Oh, uh, what what was the news about this? I must not have heard. Uh, James Mangold has been hired to write and direct a Boba Fett film. That's right. Mr. Mr. Logan himself is now going to be tackling the Fett Man. Yeah, and perfect, perfect writer and director for it. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely proved he has chops. He can make shit like this work. Although I have to wonder, because another thing that happened this week, Solo didn't open as big as everyone was predicting it would. It was still number one. It still raked in a pretty decent amount of money. Uh, Ron Howard himself even said, oh, sure, it did make a lot of money compared to these other movies, but it's an all-time best for me. Yeah, oh, God, Ron Howard's so cool. So charming, that dude. Like, how could anyone hate Ron Howard? I know, I know. <laughs> his his brother, the brother Howard, I can see how you could hate that guy. He's also creepy. Oh, Clint Howard. <laughs> Clint Howard. Man, I would have cast Clint Howard as Mysterio in like a like a minute. <laughs> It'd be a very different movie. <laughs> actually the funny thing is is that the older ron howard gets the more he actually starts to look like clint because he's losing his hair and everything and he's getting wrinkles and i'm like oh oh that's genetic in the howard family i see <laughs> but yeah so yeah J- james magro for boba fett y- you gotta wonder that it's like probably whatever they had in mind for the boba fett spinoff maybe they're kind of reevaluating that now where it's like oh oh maybe we gotta try really hard to justify why boba fett needs his own movie well, like, well, uh, well, that's the thing with Star Wars fans. They they're kind of weird. They'll they'll scoff at like a, a solo film, yeah. but then like say, oh, Boba Fett, we'll give him a film because he yeah. was in the movie for two seconds and he looked cool. And they've been yelling that forever. It's the Red Hood effect. It's the Asriel. Effect. Yeah, exactly. It's the, it's the but he looks so fucking cool though. He does look fucking cool, but you can't build a whole. It movie doesn't mean he warrants the film, but saying that Mangold is probably the only ca- person who might be able to make this character interesting and give him something other than a cool costume to go off of. It is, and it's also like, okay, what chapter in Boba Fett's life do you build this movie mm. around? Because Clone Wars already covered the admittedly pretty interesting part of his life, from being a kid, seeing his dad Django die, being recruited yep. by other bounty hunters, and being this badass little kid. Where where do you go from there? What kind of story do you tell? Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, they, If they do like a young thing, they can cast the actual actor who played the young Bobber in, mm. in The Clone Wars and Attack of the Clones because he's, he's about the age he would be in like episode mm. four or something, and so you could cast him. That. If they go older, they could cast Timur Morrison again yeah, and get I, him, him back from, from playing Django to play, I know. To play Bobber. Which, again, you know, I, I would have complained in the past where it's like, you know, man... These movie makers, they don't pay attention to the expanded universe, and they're not going to honor shit that happened in Clone Wars. Then I saw Solo, as we're going to talk about, and I'm like, oh, fuck me, I guess they were watching. <laughs> but yeah, also, too, you know, with a Boba Fett movie, would you include the Mandalorians, and would you include the last George Lucas retcon for the Mandalorians, and that is that Boba Fett is not a Mandalorian at all, but that he stole the armor? Are they going to do that? Well, yeah, well, that's the thing. Well, like, the armor is, is meant to be his father's armor. Mm-hmm. And his fa- his father was a Mandalorian. But, didn't, um, but didn't he, he, he isn't. Yeah, it's so, it, as you said, like, the, the, the amount of retcons for, like, the Fett family is just ridiculous. It is ridiculous. Like, it, it, he was part of Death Watch, but then he wasn't, and he stole yeah. the armor. And, yeah, again, like, I, I say just, like, 
don't even like mention in it just keep it a mystery keep yeah. keep that part of the character a mystery i guess but like and, and it bugs like, me because that was like a know. george lucas retcon right at the end yeah like, make him not a mandalorian anymore but 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 he's the basis for all mandalorians though yeah yeah i i don't know but the type of movie you could make with him like just make it like kind of like a john wick film yeah make it like a big revenge movie with boba fett and that's the thing too where it's like people are like you know just just solo need a reason to exist ah come on you're gonna jump at the chance to see a boba fett movie though i can see the trailers now him just flying around shooting blasters and shit oh yeah that's what people that's what people want the same with like same with like i've tried to explain to people like you can't do an obi-wan kenobi film because he just he sat on tatooine for 19 years doing like the biggest thing he did and it's explained in an in this in the star wars ongoing yeah he, he stopped a bunch of hearts from like taxing people's water and that was it <laughs> that's which like you, the biggest thing he did which again if you wanted to make it like you know like unforgiven or grand torino with obi-wan kenobi that would be awesome they're not gonna make that movie though because no no because that's that's boring he's got to go off to like some other world and like fight darth vader or something or you know something like that and uh, you know as i think we learned with last jedi there oh oh a bunch of star wars pan- uh, fans pitch a fit when you dare make this stuff deeper and more interesting and actually talk about themes and subverting yeah. expectations you l- let me get this straight you you just want the movie you had in your head the whole time right okay yeah, how is any director meant to know that? Um, but Which, yeah, yeah, like you and I would like like a like an Unforgiven style Obi Wan movie. But yeah, the the general audience or something won't. They want the, the lasers and the yeah. Jar Jar Binkses and yeah, they would have been like that. <laughs> that was bullshit. He just sat and talked about the fragility of life for two hours and all the mistakes he made, and he didn't even well, punch lasers and yeah, droids. Well, <laughs> he, he didn't even take his lightsaber out yeah because that's his thing because he swore never to do it again <laughs> <laughs> and luke was only in it for a minute and they didn't even meet <laughs> yeah yeah that's kind of the points oh, oh god well. and with that everyone let's let's hop on over into solo again hey spoiler tag all up here if you haven't seen it yet uh be sure to save and favor this one and come back later for it uh I overall, when it comes to, I thought it was adequate. Yeah, I I, I really enjoyed it. And as I said in my review, did a solo film need to be made? No. no, but they did a good job at it anyway. It didn't stop them from making the best movie they could about it. Yeah, especially like here's the thing. I I am honestly, in retrospect, a little impressed given everything we know about the behind the scenes and how there was yeah. basically a completely different movie here before they came in recut it and ron howard reshot huge chunks of it this very easily could have ended up looking like a frankenstein's monster of a movie it could have looked like justice league i i couldn't find any of the cuts and i tried no yeah exactly like i i was kind of yeah as you said really impressed by ron howard coming in like really late in the game like oh, yeah. I, I think like lord and miller had shot like 90 percent of their film yeah and like he came in and he shot probably the rest of the like he shot reshot everything basically mm-hmm. uh so that's why he's the only credited director yeah the, um the only times that i could be like oh oh i see that that uh like this was probably supposed to be funny in the lord and miller thing but they changed the music and changed the timing and because of that the joke doesn't hit like the bit with the cape room where it's like oh look i'm in the cape room lando's cape room like ah that's funny <laughs> 
Oh, I bet that was supposed to be way funnier, though. I bet in the Lord and Miller version, I bet they set up the capes beforehand, and that was supposed to be the payoff. Probably, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, th- th- there were some, like, little things, like like L3, I didn't like that character, and I, it kind of felt to me like, oh, maybe, like, in the Lord and Miller stuff, she was more comedic and right. everything, and, like, had something a bit better to do, and then that sort of all changed, and they were like, no, we wanted to be droid rights and all this sort of stuff which is interesting to finally see one of the movies start addressing this thing that we fans have joked about forever where it's (laughs) like well but but droids are kind of sentient though they feel fear and they feel pain and they have personalities but yeah you're right man i bet in the lord miller version that was played more for yucks but here in this one it's like we'll take it more seriously though yeah to the point where like that's all the character says yeah, and Twitch um, also like, wait a minute, but, but we feel really sad about her death and everything, but they also killed the other four-armed funny space monkey creature. They did the same thing twice. What? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was kind of a thing there. Uh, stuff I really liked, uh, Donald Glover kicks ass as Lando. Oh, he, he does. He's uh, he's doing a Billy D impre- impression, but it's like, a new Billy D impression, uh-huh. like it's stuff Billy D didn't do, mm-hmm. but like a continuation of that. So, I, so it's like really cool. His voice is like perfect. It really he, is. The way he carries himself is perfect. I can see why he got cast in that role. I can see why people are being like, hey, can we just get a Lando movie now? <laughs> yeah, I'd like a Lando movie. Me too. And because like, here's the thing. They don't spoil a good thing with his Lando character. He comes in a little ways into the movie and then leaves for the final act of it. So, like, they don't spoil a good thing with him. Yeah, yeah, he's not around all the way until the end. He's not there from the beginning or anything. He's he, he's the guy they just have to go to for help. And they even, like, preserve the uh, Han-Lando relationship that we'll see in the original trilogy, where it's like, oh, we're friends, but we don't trust each other. We're frenemies is what we are. <laughs> And they did a good job setting up, like, oh, his possible stories for for us. And it's really funny, the stuff he was, like, dictating to, like, that hologram recorder thing. That's, like, reference to, like, these three Han Solo books that came out in, like, the 80s. They were all, like, the star caves and everything. Mm. He was talking about them. I thought that was pretty cool. They they throw a lot of fan bones in this one. They really do. And I have to wonder if that was a Lord Miller thing or if that was a Ron Howard thing, because they do shit that I wasn't even expecting. We have Woody Harrelson's character, uh, Beckett, who they say, oh, Beckett, you're a real badass gunfighter there. I heard you killed Aurora Singh, and I, like, sat up in the theater, like, did, did the movie just say Aurora Singh? <laughs> yeah, th- I thought that was that was pretty cool, and I, I actually liked Woody Harrelson's character a lot. He, I thought he was pretty good. It, w- it was a character that he was born to play. He Woody harrelson the fuck out of that role, because it's just like, hey, what if Woody Harrelson was in space, and he was Han Solo's, like, you know, uh, stylistic, uh, you know, space uh, Space dad, more or less. He was he was basically playing a character from the expanded universe called Talon Cadre. Mm-hmm. Who was basically he was basically th- that role yeah. uh, in but different name. And I mean, hey, he was so cool. He had Tandy Newton hanging off his arm, which was also pretty <laughs> cool. I'm like, man, this Beckett guy is pretty fucking sweet. Can we follow Beckett around? <laughs> <laughs> That was kind of the whole thing about the movie to me, where it's like, oh, you know, when it's buckling down and just being a super awesome, you know, like, space western smuggler story in the Star Wars universe, I thought it was at its best. I thought it was at its weakest when it had to actually circle back around and be about Han, and I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right, this is your story, isn't it? Well, yeah, see, that's the thing that's kind of weird about the story. It, it, 
they they said it's like an origin film but it really isn't no it isn't because the thing about han solo as a character is that his most interesting defining moment is when he meets luke for the first time up until then he's just a schlub he's just another of millions yeah. of smugglers yeah he's like every other kind of smuggler and like and like in this film and i see people getting angry about it all right let's stop harrison ford i'm like of course it's not he's he's 20 he's 10 10 20 years younger he's the jaded cynical guy we see in a new hope you know he's got to get there get there first and he does kind of in this film with like people betraying him Mm -hmm. and disappointing him and whatnot he learns he learns many harsh lessons here but Han shoots first in this one. <laughs> yeah, it's definitive. He shoots just no weird, like, multi-dimensional nope. thing where his neck moves out of the way of a blaster bolt or something. Goddamn fucking and, Lucas. I know. And let, and let that forever hang over everyone who being like, ah, oh, you know, Disney's diluting the Star Wars brand. They're cheapening it and blah, blah, blah. It's not like when I was a kid. Okay, one, Star Wars hasn't been like since we were a kid, since when we were actually kids. But let us take solace in the fact that even Disney knew the importance of, oh, no, but Han has to shoot this guy first, though, because that's important. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I really like that scene. That was pretty cool. That was pretty solid. Uh, we got Girl from Game of Thrones as uh, Han's love interest, uh, Kira, Kiara. Yeah, Kira. She she was passable, I guess. You know, she she is like hired as like yeah, that the femme fatale who's you know gonna betray han and it's kind of obvious and everything you can see her arc from a mile away yeah it's a thankless role she does all right in it although i'm actually very shocked the way they choose to end with her where they seek to imply oh we might actually see this character again in other stuff yeah they yeah so like there's there's a good chance that she might get a bit more character development in whatever else she's going to appear in um so yeah she's going to stick around and in 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 a arguably interesting role like where they put her where they've put her yeah for for a prequel movie there is a shocking amount of prequel or a sequel hooks in this prequel movie (laughs) like surprisingly where i'm like was that a last minute thing where it's like yeah but you know we could do other spinoffs too i mean i guess let's let's address the zab rack in the room on this one (laughs) the, the big one that i'm sure everyone wants to talk about so in the stinger of the movie uh, Kira betrays Han. She takes control of the Crimson Dawn, which was created for this movie. And I'm sitting there being like, Crimson Dawn, huh? It's kind of like the Black Sun. Why didn't they just go with Black Sun? I'm sure they would have been active around this time. Oh, that's why. <laughs> yeah, they're part of the Shadow Collective, Mother- which is run by Maul. <laughs> yeah, which I'm like, holy shit. Good good use of continuity, everyone. And I'm like, why Why would they be using Maul now in this? I'm like, oh, Oh, because they probably want to do a Maul spin-off movie. They can probably fit one in between Rebels and his like last appearance <laughs> in Clone Wars. They either want to do that, or they want to set set like Crimson Empire and Shadow Collective enough stuff for a uh, Boba Fett film, right. uh, maybe a Lando film, maybe a sequel to this. Yeah, yeah. So like, yeah, you've got like a villain who could be in like d- different other films. I don't think he's gonna like. We're not going to see him like fighting Han Solo no. or anything because Han doesn't believe in the Force or any of that no, shit. No, so at least here we can go. Here's a villain who is not directly connected to the Empire. Yeah, I, I thought that was really cool. I kind of knew they were going to do something like that because I my, my reasoning was like, oh, they're not going to have Jabba or Boba appear because yeah. that's that's too Obvious. predictable. 
it, too obvious to do that. I thought the same thing. I'm like, well, it can only be it can only be uh, Maul then, because he would be the only one alive and be in this general circle at that time. Yeah, because yeah, the, we had the Crimson Dawn. We had uh, the Pikes show up as well That's on right. uh, on Kessel and everything. So yeah, he's in that world at this time. Mm-hmm. It's funny too, you know. There were so many confused people in my theater when it's like, okay, d- dark cloak, robot legs. Oh, it has to be, has to be Sidious, right? Oh no, it's Darth Maul. And I'm like, man, if you people weren't real nerds, like real hardcore, and you weren't watching Clone Wars, <laughs> and you weren't reading the comics, this is probably going to confuse the shit out of you because it's going to be like, but didn't didn't Ewan McGregor kill him and throw him down a shaft? Yeah, it didn't take though. <laughs> yeah, he, he dies 19 years later. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, or no, old it, man kills him in the desert. <laughs> it, it was it was really cool, and um, I like that they got Ray Park to come back and play the that body nice. of him, and they got Sam Witwer, the guy who voiced him through all the cartoons, to do his voice. That was a nice touch. Hey, speaking of fun cameos, and something I think we can all agree on, uh, Warwick Davis gets to show up and say a thing. <laughs> he gets to say, and he's playing his character that was in. The Phantom Menace. Love it. So happy about that. Yeah. Good good for him. Again, Warwick Davis, just just another nice guy we can all agree on is a nice guy. Yeah, and do, do we want to talk about Enfy's Nest, the, the villain, quote-unquote, of yeah. the movie? Yeah, they do a nice little switcheroo there. I'm like, oh, that's fun. Yeah, I, I like that. Like, I remember like leading up to the movie, everyone's like, oh, Kira's going to be Enfy's Nest. It's going to be like one of those reveals where she's really playing against him and everything. And I'm glad they didn't do that. And yeah. it kind of makes me think maybe maybe that was what was going to be in the Lord and Miller uh... thing. Because there was a lot of lot of things that like people were like pointing out that like, oh, she's not in this scene, but Enfy's is. And, you know, all this sort of stuff. So maybe that was something that was meant to happen. But Ron's like, no, that's too predictable talk talk about another character too where it's like oh uh, uh, a rebel army made up of survivors of other imperial raids and everything that's pretty fucking cool can i follow you guys around for a little bit sorry Han, but i know where your story's going i don't know where their story's going yeah her, her story was actually really interesting and i have a feeling we're gonna see uh, more of her whether it be in another movie a comic a book or somewhere yeah 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 well, i think we're gonna see him and People seem to think, or like general audience, like with who people don't know, realize that like Maul's still alive. People seem to think that she's the one who starts the re- rebellion. Oh. And I'm like, no, she's starting a, a rebellion. rebellion. You, you, it's you, why the Rebel Alliance is called the Rebel Alliance. It's an alliance of rebellions. Bunch of cells <laughs> all together. You, 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 you mean it's not Star Killer? You mean it's not Galen Malik or whatever the fuck his name is? <laughs> Yeah, and one of the persons on her crew is uh, was from Rogue One, was like that oh. two tubes guy uh, who who takes like gin and all that to sores. Oh. Yeah, That's like the right. brother of that character. That's or something. right. Yeah. It was. I'm like, dude, you look familiar. Did they just reuse the same makeup? Oh no, you're your own character. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. Lots of cool aliens in this film as well. Yeah, yeah. Lots of cool aliens. I I like the guy on the mine planet on Kessel who's got like keys and a lantern and everything. Uh, yeah, the, the the pike. Yeah, the, the pikes from Clone Wars. Yeah, that was pretty cool. There were again just to see them in a movie and everything. Ooh, again, nice touch. What what costume is Beckett wearing when they all have to play dress up to get into the mine? Yeah, yeah, I thought that was really cool. He's wearing the skiff guard costume that Lando wears in Return of the Jedi. So, so and I like that they're just left on the ship somewhere or something. That that shit's just been sitting around collecting dust on the Millennium Falcon yeah. for like decades 
Yeah, they do lots of cool stuff like that. And like when Han gets his blaster, it's originally like Beckett's sniper rifle. And that's like yeah. something from like old canon. Like you could like that particular gun was good with uh, smugglers because it was strong, but also could be like highly configurable into like yeah, sniper yeah. rifles and whatnot. I thought it's, that was pretty cool. It, it's a lot of little things. And again, I have to wonder where it's like, are, are these here to distract me as a fan? Are you throwing me a bone? Because again, it's like, I know where Han's story is going and I never worry about his safety or anything. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I don't know. I, 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 maybe but it was just cool like seeing seeing all this stuff and oh, it is. They, they they didn't like do go like full prequel with it and like no. like every little thing has to be connected. Exactly. like i was like before i saw like trailers and stuff i was kind of worried like oh we're gonna have like like young han solo like baby han solo yeah. and his parents and everything yeah, and and home. We don't even really get a mention of his parents. We get one mention, no. and I thought it was a really cool one of why he's a why he's like drawn towards uh, mm. the Falcon, and it's that his father worked on the line that that made those type of ships. Yeah, I a, thought that was really cool. It's a nice little touch. Again, you know, it, it's the little touches that you know uh, are, are what you're going to keep coming back to in this. What's uh, what's another thing? Oh, uh, this is the first time Peter Mayhew hasn't played Chewbacca. Yeah, yeah, we got the new guy Junus. I can't remember what his last name is. Um, and it kind of makes sense because Peter Mayhew's like kind of old and he's had like a yeah. thousand like replacements and yeah, stuff. He, but... he, can't, he can't move no more. It's it's hard being a giant, everybody. Yeah, I imagine he probably played Chewie like for a couple because I know in The Last Jedi he played him in like ones where like he sat in like the cockpit or something, like mm. sitting scenes. Yeah. So like maybe that. But yeah, no, I... Let's talk about Chewie's reveal. I love yes. Chewie's reveal. I, I think, thought it was really cool. I think that's legitimately one of the strongest things in the movie. I think that's a really great scene. And hell, if it was my movie and I was writing it, I would totally have cut the love interest girl out completely and I would have made it a bromance between Han and Chewie <laughs> for the whole movie. <laughs> we get a little of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we, yeah we, we, we get a little bit. I mean, they, they, they have a shower together. So. Yes, they sure do. The most <laughs> that, was, that was really weird. That was really weird. <laughs> <laughs> Look, man, I got so much mud in my fur. I'm washing it out now. I don't care. <laughs> Chewie just but, don't um, give a fuck. Yeah, I, I like that he actually had something to do this movie. Yes. He actually had a, a kind of an arc where he's like saving those uh, his people on Kessel yeah. and then deciding to he wants to stay with Han because he owes Han kind of death. his life for getting him out of Mimban. Yeah, it's it, it's an interesting kind of like, you know, thing for Chewie where normally he's just always kind of a tag along to whatever Han is doing. Oh, Chewie has his own motivation and his own, you know, things he wants to do. He's got to try and save the Wookiee people who are enslaved, who they make a point of saying. Yeah, yeah, it, it was a lot, he's, he did a lot more in this than he did in the last two sequel movies, so. Yeah. He's got to save his family, he's got to save Mala, and Lumpy, and Ishi, <laughs> so they can all have Wookiee Life Day later. <laughs> That's, oh that, god! <laughs> that's what we missed at the end of the movie. Chewbacca's like, now let me tell you the story of Wookiee Life Day. <laughs> and Han's that like, was where they're going in the end when they get go to hyperspace yep. at the end. That's where they're going. They're going to Kashyyyk to go like celebrate <laughs> Wookiee Life Day. <laughs> to which Han's like, man, you keep telling me about Wookiee Life Day, and I just think that sounds tedious. <laughs> <laughs> It's funny, too, you know, uh, Han, where it's like, oh, you know, he was in the Imperial Academy, he wanted to be a pilot, but he washed out, and I'm like, was that originally in the movie? That feels like that was building to a scene of him getting washed out. 
Yeah, again, possibly something that could have been done in the Lord and Miller thing, but I, I, I kind of like the like the cut they did with it, it's where it, where like the guy, the guy's like, oh, we'll have you flying in no time, and smash yeah. cut to like him flying through the air as like a mud trooper. That scene was actually really cool. It was. It showed like that. Showed like that the Empire have more troopers that aren't stormtroopers. They're like just on the boots, boots on the ground, uh, just general inventory yeah the disposable grunt troopers where it's like you're you're not even a stormtrooper you're not even good enough to get a good set of armor <laughs> yeah yeah you get like shitty muddy armor <laughs> which again where it's like that also felt like a completely different movie from the rest of the movie where i'm like oh this is like a serious like band of brothers war drama where where was yeah. this movie where, where's the trooper movie just the guys being like man I, I only signed it with the empire to get off my dead end planet i don't actually care about what the empire is saying they even like check some of that too where like the actual imperial guys being like oh we will bring you know peace and civility to this savage world where it's like yeah but we're the ones invading it though yeah i like that han like like that's the reason like he washes out of the imperial academy like he just kept questioning like why are we here why why aren't we just leaving these people alone they did nothing to us (laughs) yeah what what kind of empire are we here you keep talking about bringing peace but it seems like we're the ones declaring all the wars also, I like just before that on Corellia when he goes to that recruiting booth, they have like an upbeat version of the Imperial March playing as like their recruitment song. <laughs> Again, that has to be a holdover from the Lord and Miller version because that's way too much of a joke. Well, well, they had something similar in Rebels. They did like like a similar sort of motif for it in Rebels. Right. I, I can't remember. What, I think it might have been like the Empire Day episode or something. That's but yeah, right. where it's like, is that is that like the actual Imperial National Anthem? Do they like play that <laughs> at sporting events and stuff? Because I never thought of it that way. <laughs> maybe maybe every time Vader has just shown up, they wanted to make a big deal of it, so someone off camera was playing the Empire National Anthem. And again, too, I imagine. Imagine in a Lord Miller version, they might have played that up as a joke. And I imagine, too, because, like, I was thinking about this really hard about their other movies, you know, the 21 Jump Streets and the Lego movies. Those ones always had, like, a meta through line where it's like the stories were very base hero's journey, but there was always a through line to them, which was usually self-mocking, where the Lego movie was like the whole idea of making a movie about Lego is stupid. But what if we use Lego as a, like, uh, stand-in for, like, creativity and artistry and everything? And 21 Jump Street, again, self-mocking. No one wants a 21 Jump Street movie. Kids today don't know what that is. But what if we just do it completely straight-faced and mocking? I have to wonder, if they were doing the Han Solo movie, I imagine the joke would have been, Han Solo doesn't need an origin movie because Han Solo isn't actually important until he meets Luke, which is why there's all these other characters around the periphery. I I could see see that being that. I know like one of the reasons why like the writers of the film didn't particularly like Lord and Miller is because they like to do um impro- improvisation yes. instead of sticking to the actual script with the actual mm-hmm. story. They're like ah oh, just do whatever, do whatever comes to you. Yeah. Which in yeah, the- yeah, I have to wonder why they were cho- like these guys who don't really have a track record of doing like I guess kind of serious like action movies. Yeah, like were chosen, and again it goes. I think it's like Kathleen Kennedy seeing them and like, oh, they made these funny films and they did really well. We'll just hire them, kind of like how she hired Josh Trank after like Chronicle and uh, like those other films. And yeah, then obviously Fantastic Four ruined that. It's, it's impulsive, like, oh, I like this person, yeah. sign them right away. Oh no, I did that too quickly. Why did I do that? Yeah, and it's just by like sheer luck that like 
three of the three of the directors, JJ, Ryan Johnson, and Gareth Edwards, put together a pretty good films. Yeah, I, I was thinking about that too in relation to uh, Rogue One. Uh, uh, how how filled was your theater? My theater was not very filled for Solo. I was surprised. I I went to the midnight release ah. and. Um, it was middle of the week, mm-hmm. uh, so so I expected there to be not a lot of people, but it was it was probably about eighty percent filled. That's good. My and there was like multiple like theaters as well. There was quite a few people. Right. My my theater wasn't that filled, but again, I I saw it in the middle of the week, like you. Uh, it, it was weird. They had like two other movies going on. They still had Deadpool two, and they still had that Show Dogs movie on that seemed to be like actually getting more like kids and families and everything. My theater was weird because it was mostly filled with older people, which surprised me. Like yeah. people like like gray haired people. I'm talking about. Okay. Which surprised maybe, maybe, maybe that's the Ron Howard uh, audience. Maybe is that like a thing? Is there like a Ron Howard newsletter we don't know about where it's like, hey, if you liked this, you'll love Ron Howard's new movie? Or I'm like, do they do they just really love Harrison Ford? Is that the thing? Do they just think Harrison Ford's gonna be in this one at some point? Yeah, I I, I don't know. That that's that's quite weird. And again, like as we're talking about this, the movie's not doing very well. And no, uh, as as like other people have said, and I kind of agree with it. It's the May release. Every other Star Wars film that Disney have done has been Christmas. Yeah, it's like height of the Christmas season. Yeah. Everyone's on holidays. It's the the Christmas movie, and this is the first one in the May release. Yeah. On top of that, they had to deal with Avengers, Deadpool two. Yeah. I think in a couple of weeks, Jurassic World two comes out. Yes, the Incredibles comes out. Yep. Ant Man and the Wasp. So it's like right in the middle of like that that summer movie thing, and people can only see yeah. so many movies it's you know true. They, cost they, money it so. does and like like even my wallet's hurting over the last couple of weeks like i yeah. think they picked maybe the worst time to put this one out for what they did to where it's like why would you do that but then i'm reminded oh deadpool avengers everything this might happen more and more now as marvel controls more and more of the movies everyone wants to see and disney controls more and more of these movies everyone wants to see they really only undercut themselves this weekend <laughs> Really, yeah, yeah, and again, I think it goes back to thing like, oh, Star Wars was always a May May sort of thing, like all the the prequels, the um, the original films were all May. It's only just since Disney they decided to move to Christmas. Ben, but the thing is, that's shown that it's worked with those films. Yeah, it. So yeah, I I really don't get it, and as well, like the reviews of the film aren't like they're not like no. like shitting all over it. They're no, saying, they hey, it's a, it's a good film, you yeah. know. I mean, the worst thing people seem to be saying about it is what I've more or less saying been like, hey, it's inoffensive. It's way better than I thought it was going to be. It avoids quite a few uh, what is it plot holes and potholes and everything there. But yeah, I don't I don't know why. It's just weird. I wonder. Yeah. I, I wonder how this will affect future Star Wars movies if they'll really take this under advisement and be like, ooh, maybe we should pick our release a little better. Ooh, maybe we should really vet people better before we get the directing underway. I think that's going to be their biggest thing, especially with the whole Lord and Miller thing. Like, I, for, like they're lucky it worked out as it did when yeah. they got Ron, Ron Howard. I think he was he's probably the only one who could have come on, reshot the whole film, done its post pre production mm-hmm. stuff, and still stay on the same release date. Yeah. And have, not be a complete fucking dumpster fire like like Justice League. Where again, it's like unlike Justice League. Oh, oh, these guys were actually all standing together in the same room when you shot these. I can actually yeah. see. <laughs> yeah, yeah. People yeah. were here on the same day. That's good. 
what is it there? I mean, really, anything more to say than that? I mean, that's basically everything I had to say about it. Yeah, it, it, it was a good film. It could have easily have been a really crappy film on League with, like, like The Phantom Menace or something, but yeah. they managed to make a pretty decent Han Solo film. They didn't yeah. need to make a Han Solo no. film, but they made it decent anyway. It's the best version of the movie no one needed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah given everything that happened with it and again like like here's my thing for everyone who's always like you know oh, re release the snyder cut release this honestly i really want to see the lord and miller cut or at least just have them outline and be like okay this is how ours would have went yeah yeah either do that or like have them release like like unfinished scenes or something just like like this is how we were gonna do this scene because i know there was like heaps that they like reshot like like paul bettany's character dryden Voss, he came in when ron howard came in originally it was meant to be uh michael k williams and he was right. playing he was playing that character but that character was going to be an alien like a wolf man sort of thing oh, interesting which again too it's yeah. like, here, here's the thing honestly i i think the lord miller version might not actually have been all that different to the version we have now. I just think the tone and intent would have been different. Yeah, well, again, I don't think we're ever going to get to the bottom of this, but I've heard that, like, the writer, Lawrence Kasdan, who's, who wrote some of the other Star Wars films, yes. including Empire Strikes Back, um, he got, like, really, really angry that they were, like, uh, doing uh, improv and everything and not following his script and Which everything. Makes and makes sense, because he's an He would have certain... He would have pull, and he would yes. probably have said, get them off the movie, and they would yeah. have just jumped at the chance. Because, uh, of course, that would piss him off, because he's an old-school screenwriter from a different generation yep. where you follow yep. the script and improving was unheard of. And, yeah, he's connected to the bigger legacy of Star Wars. If anything, I would say now that Lucas is out, he's probably the most respected old guard guy on the creative side, Maybe. at least. Like, he's not Mark yeah. Hamill, but, like, the fans know who he is and give a shit about his input. And, yeah, if he was unhappy with it, I could see that carrying a lot of weight. Yeah, yeah, like, and in most parts, like, he created some of these characters, like... Like with the, with in terms of like how they are shown on screen and everything. Because like if we heard tomorrow where it's like you know oh uh, so and so writer left the project, it would be like oh well that doesn't really mean anything. But if Lawrence Kasdan left it and said oh I'm not working with Disney anymore on these, I think fans would have reason to worry at that point where it's like oh no, <laughs> what did they want to do? I'd be something? wondering. Yeah, I'd be wondering, like, what the fuck did Disney do to this guy? <laughs> to offend him, because, like, here's a guy who stuck it out with Lucas for years. <laughs> the fuck did they do to piss him off? But, yeah, so, I mean, that was Solo, everyone. That's basically what we got to say about it. And, I mean, this is more or less uh, where the show's coming down. I think we eked out at least an hour. Again, sorry, it's not the regular hour 30 that you normally get, but, hey, that's just, you know, the cards we were dealt. I would say let's talk about TV, but I still haven't watched the Flash finale yet. Yeah, hey, hey, did you see the, the finale of um, Krypton? Krypton? No, I'm not even there yet. I'm so behind oh, on man. everything with packing. Oh, they, they went full, like, like Justice League Gods and Monsters with it. That's what I'm hearing. But, like, but like in a good way, in not, like, a way that, like, shits all over everything, in, like, a way that's, like, holy shit, this kind of makes sense, and the way they've done it is just awesome and the teasers as well for like season two is is really good that's good uh i did see shield i did make time to see the end of shield uh wow wow did that feel like an ending ending yeah it did didn't it it felt like like they thought this was their last their last season 
And if it was, I think they would have ended on a pretty high note. Here's here's my pitch for how they do this one, because again, you know, Colson at the end of this season kind of sort of retires. Yeah. Here's here's my pitch for how they get him back. Uh, he's <clears throat> he's going to show up in Captain Marvel, which is like a flashback to the 90s and everything, so he can be. He can be around. Here's my thing. Scrolls are in that movie for season six of S.H.I.E.L.D. Do Secret Invasion. Have a a bunch of our favorite characters replaced by Skrulls and then have them get Coulson out of retirement and be like, oh, we need you to come back and fight the Skrulls like you did. That'd be pretty cool. I don't think they'll do that because I think they want to sit on a secret invasion to be a movie at some point. But that would be my pitch because, again, if you could do the Kree on TV, you can do the Skrulls on TV. Yeah, there's not much really difference. They're just green and got, like, weird chins. That's about it. They're green, they have ridges, and we're not even going to need to see them that much because that's where you have the actors pull double duty playing scroll them. Yeah, yeah. Which I'm sure the actors would love because they would get to really stretch their muscles and play different characters. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, that's that would be my pitch for that one. But, uh, yeah, that's... Uh, that's done. We got Luke Cage coming up in uh, June. We got season two of yeah, that. yeah, a couple of couple of weeks now. Yeah, yeah, not far at all. Man, it's it feels good in this day and age. We're never far from a superhero property, and then after that, we have uh, Ant Man and Wasp right around my birthday. Yeah, that's going to be cool as well. That is. I hope that one does well. I've always rooted for Ant-Man because I've always felt myself as the Ant-Man, the Scott Lang of the comic book <laughs> podcasting world. <laughs> You know, he's he's the everyman, man. He's just trying to make a living for him and his daughter, man. <laughs> he's got to hang out with yeah. Evangeline Lilly, who doesn't look like she's having that much fun. Yeah, no, she doesn't. But I, if that movie, though, if that movie doesn't end with the snap and, like, his daughter being dusted, oh. I'm giving it a zero. Oh. <laughs> it's, they, they, you queued it up, Marvel. You teed it up. Now you just got to just... Mm, just just hit it. Just hit it out of the yeah, just, just, just hit it. Just just give it a little tap. Just give it a little tap. Just tap it in. Just tap the tragedy <laughs> in. Tap it in. Uh, but yeah, so there you go, everyone. That's the comic multiverse for this week. We hope you enjoyed it. As always, be sure to follow Matt and myself on Twitter so you always know what's coming out next. If you're a patron, you'll get to listen to this show and watch it first before anyone else. I handle the audio portion. Matt handles the video portion. Yep. So you can look forward to that, and we will be back again next week, I say tentatively again. I got a big trip coming, (laughs) and I know I'm going to be somewhere else Sunday night, so maybe we'll record something special on the side to put it up. We'll sort something out. We'll sort something out. I'm going to be smacked for time, but I'm really going to try and sort it out. But yes, thank you for listening, everyone, and we will will see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye.